So, hello everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Coffee Breakdown podcast. And as you can see, we're doing something a little bit differently today. We're live on location here at the Orto Botanico in Padua, Italy. And inside this building here, the FuseNet Association is hosting their annual PhD event. It'll be happening today and the next two days on this location. And inside that hall is a bunch of PhD students who are willing to share their experiences and the results of their studies with each other. And so let's go inside and see if we cannot learn a little bit from them and get some of the feeling of what it's like to be a Fusion PhD. Let's go. Welcome. First, uh, what's your name and a little bit about what you do. Okay. So my name is Antonio Magnanimo and I come from Italy. I studied in Naples, in southern Italy, and now I work at the Max Planck Institute for Plasma Physics. I'm a PhD student there, and my project um, is focused on developing a power supply for Aztec Subgrade nuclear fusion reactor that is at the Max Planck Institute for Plasma Physics. There are not so many companies able to produce uh, such a, a big power supply systems. So the power supply that actually is powering uh, Aztec Subgrade is a very old one, and was produced by Siemens many years ago, 30 years ago, and is getting old. And uh, actually, at this moment, there is no company able to produce a power supply of that size. So with my project, we are looking for a different solution, a new solution, which is based on supercapacitors. I'm Lydia, and I'm working on a plasma edge in a tokamak. Uh, so we have this really strong insulator between really hot plasma core in a tokamak, and outside it's pretty cold, so it's like, the biggest gradient of temperature kind of almost that we know in the universe probably and stuff like that is really exciting. I am looking into stability of this uh, complex region which has a lot of different instabilities, it has a lot of great high gradients of pressure and temperature and it's also very tiny, it's just a few centimeters where we're measuring so it's also quite a diagnostical challenge but yeah, it's fun. I'm Lapit Singh, a PhD student at Politecnico di Torino, and my research focus is about runaway electrons. Runaway electrons from the core, where they interact with some MHT instabilities, to the edge, where they interact with the first wall. So, my name is Olga Kajko. I'm studying material sciences, and I'm developing materials for fusion applications. That's why I'm here. The materials are very important for the reactor because they need to withstand very high temperatures and also they will be under neutron irradiation. So that's why the materials which exist nowadays, they are not actually satisfying all the purposes that we are are looking for. That's why we need to put more research and development into it. My name is Tom Griffiths. I'm from Imperial College London. Uh, in the Department of Mechanical Engineering. Um, my PhD maybe isn't so like based in mechanical engineering, it's looking at the socio-economics of, of fusion and I guess how it might impact fusion in the market or just how it might impact things that investors care about. So things like when you see cost of electricity or the cost of heat or the cost of hydrogen, that kind of thing, um, and the ranges that might be within those costs, you're trying to constrain that that range a little bit more so that it's not so maybe economical at one end and uneconomical at the other. So I'm Lina Velarde. I am based at the University of Sevilla in Spain, but I work in Mastiu, the spherical tokamak in the UK that is alongside to the jet tokamak, which is kind of more known. And what I do in Mastiu, I work with the fast ion loss detector that is kind of self-explanatory. It detects fast ions. 
and we are able to try to optimize the confinements. We have to make some adjustments because, you know, the first time you, re you measure things, you don't really know what you are going to find. Like, maybe your camera is not pointing at the exact right direction, which is something that happened to us. Like, we had a camera that we knew was measuring, but not of the all of the channels were receiving signal. And now we were able to like do a calibration kind of thing, and we will reposition it based on the first results. So that's like improving what we already have and trying to make it better for the second time. Um, hello, I'm Jitian Zhang from SCKCN, and SCKCN is the re nuclear research center in Belgium. And uh, my topic is the assessment of mechanical property for fusion material by the micromechanical testing. For the past two years, I have almost finished all the experiment part and now I'm just jumping into the final element simulation and actually it's, it's kind of hard for me to do the simulation things because we need to know a lot of like the theoretical things but uh, I'm more into the guy like I like the DIYC like <laughs> use uh, to do the things by hand. Hi I'm Jacopo D'Amizia I'm from Italy from Rome Bradial. And uh, I'm entering in the Fusion CDT program that is in UK and is the PhD that uh, merge uh, some universities of UK to work on uh, MassU, JET and different projects in, uh, involved in Fusion. Practically now I'm working on MassU and I'm interested to measure the ion temperature uh, in the scrape of layer, especially in the diverter and in the mid-plane, to compare and uh, analyze for the exhaust physics. My name is Sara, I am doing a PhD in Fusion um, Science and Engineering with Padova University, but right now I'm working in Naples. Uh, I'm studying a uh, data-driven approach to be applied to the vertical stabilization system of Tokamax. In particular, uh, we, are, we are working on this because right now uh, all the control systems are based on the model. So even if you use just a BI to as a, as a vertical stabilization system, the parameter of the PI has to be tuned based on the model. What we want to do is to avoid this dependence on the model. So here I propose two methods. One is an extremely-seeking approach, where the control parameter the, of the control law doesn't depend on the model, I always mix. Even the model behind change, or a reinforcement learning approach where I'm training an agent to behave like the vertical stabilization controller. Yeah, so my name is Joseph Hall. Uh, I'm working on the energy confinement scaling law, which sounds absolutely incredible and like very crazy, but it's really simple, right? So the idea is inside of a plasma, uh, what you want to do is you want to keep the heat in there for as long as possible so that it self-sustains. We don't want to have to keep on feeding energy into it. We want the fusion power to do all the work. And what I'm doing is trying to find out the best possible way to keep that energy in there. Okay, I'm uh, Maria. I'm uh, working in uh, DIFER in the Netherlands. And uh, I'm also the chair of the student council of FuseNet. Ah, nice. <laughs> very nice. Yeah, and I'm working on uh, liquid metals for the diverter. So we have very high heat fluxes in the fusion reactor to the bottom of the reactor, which we call the diverter. Uh, and now, ideally, uh, the idea is that we have uh, solid diverters, but they have a lot of problems. So we say, let's solve the problem by making the wall liquid. <laughs> so you can't melt what's already molten. Exactly. <laughs> so how did you find this project? Like, how did you hear about it and get involved? That's interesting. Like, I am actually an aerospace engineer, so my <laughs> basis is really different from this. 
but I found like a master thesis project that was about, they said fusion, so I was like, okay, that sounds interesting, <laughs> what is that, what are you doing? And I did something like a optimization for a MBI that we are building, a tokamak that we are building in Sevilla. And after that, I got in contact with the group and I got to meet all these amazing people that I work with now. And I started to see that this is really interesting and it's really important for the future, or I hope it will be. So I decided to stay. Yeah, so uh, I actually started doing uh, theoretical nuclear physics. Uh, my interest spanned the idea of like how the universe works right down at the smallest scales. Uh, and I, I pursued that for a while. Um, but once I learned a lot about that and I, I started to get a feel for how the universe worked, I really wanted to use that knowledge to help society grow. Already during my master thesis, I was already um, working on power supply systems. Uh, for uh, The first power supply system that I analyzed was for DTT. And um, I started my master thesis in, in Naples and then I finished it in... Uh, um, in Darking, next to the IPP in Euro with Eurofusion. So I work with Eurofusion, and since I'm an electrical engineer, um, one of the main things that I could do during my master thesis was studying power supplies for Tokamak. So I really like the fusion world, and I really wanted to do something for it during my master thesis. And uh, yeah, so I started to study power supply systems for Tokamaks in general. For my master thesis, I worked for uh, DTT, and also for demo, the future fusion reactor, demonstrator fusion reactors. And then after my master thesis, then I got in touch with some people at IPP and they proposed me to make something similar also for ASLEX. So actually, so one of my friends, he was a PhD student in this facility and he just introduced me to, to our mentors. So that's why I got accepted in this position. I got into this because my professor from university have a background as an automation engineer uh, got me to this PhD. He proposed, uh, I did my master thesis at Fusion for Energy in um, Barcelona in Spain uh, but always in contact with my professor Gian Maria de Sommasi for, from Federico II. He proposed me this PhD and then I got stuck in Naples <laughs> working on this stuff now but I'm really happy. <laughs> Oh, I actually have a degree in geology. I don't have uh, an undergraduate in, in, in physics or engineering. Um, wow. Uh, but I studied a, a master's. I didn't want to go into oil and gas or into mining, so I went into the, um, the route of nuclear through my master's degree in nuclear engineering. Uh, I then went away and, and I had a job for 18 months for a renewable energy company. Uh, I didn't like it. I didn't like working in an office. So I went back to school and I, I managed to get on the, the Nuclear Energy Futures CDT at Imperial um, and also the, the, the Science and Solutions for a Changing Planet doctoral training program at the Grantham Institute, which is also at Imperial. They sponsored my PhD as well. So I was quite lucky because I was very interested in it already in my master's and then in my university they will work on liquid metals. So it was very easy to go from master's to the PhD. So fusion kind of attracted me as a topic because it's right, fascinating and stuff. Um, and then I started uh, going to some little summer schools and stuff like that and then I did a project uh, at Max Planck Institute in Gaching and I really enjoyed doing this project for three months after my bachelor thesis uh, so I also really had lovely supervisors and I just uh, met a lot of great other scientists and young people 
and um, yeah, it was really lovely experience. Experience, and then I decided to do the experiments. <laughs> so I went straight to the Politecnico di Torino, and I selected as my first option aerospace engineering because I was so excited, so impressed by the airplanes, by the aerodynamics. But then, at the test, I got a poor score and got admitted to energy engineering. I said, this is destiny, let's move forward with energy engineering. So at the third year, I went to a, an open day where they were talking about the masters they are offering to the students. And there I met a PhD student. He taught me so good about doing a PhD, about the life of a researcher, that I decided there at the third year of my bachelor's that I'm going to do a PhD. But I didn't know which topic I should focus on. So I had a professor, a very good professor, he talked about fusion. So I got interested in fusion and I took my master's in energy and nuclear engineering. That's always a tricky question for all PhD students <laughs> because actually many people come from very different fields into fusion. It's seldom that you follow like one track and then you come to fusion. So for me it was first I studied physical engineering, then I got interested the last year of my bachelor studies in nuclear physics, then I continued with nuclear engineering for my master, and then I did my master thesis in Plasma Physics Institute. And that's how I got to know that fusion exists at all. <laughs> Well, practically, thanks to Fusenet, I would say, I was looking for uh, the best uh, option to do a PhD in Fusion in Europe, and uh, came out uh, some interesting uh, uh, place, and I applied practically to everyone in Europe, <laughs> to be sure, and uh, I got this position in, uh, at the University of Liverpool that is part of this Fusion CDT, that is the program of the UK. If there are future students coming in, looking in, interested in Fusion, looking for things to get involved with, how do you recommend that they start? Well, come to the FuseNet website. We have a lot of summer schools there. We have a matchmaking um, page as well, so for people to see uh, internships abilities or PhDs, master projects, so you can check there. And also the summer schools. I did two summer schools doing my masters, and I got to know a lot of people three years ago, and now I'm seeing them here in the conference, so it's very nice. My PhD is definitely a very broad title, very broad one. I prefer personally knowing a little about a, a, a lot of different things rather than an, a lot about a very small thing. So if your perception of a PhD is that you have to know a lot about a very small thing and that's the only thing for you, I would maybe reconsider that because I thought that that would be the case, but actually it isn't. And yeah, don't be scared. I, I, I have massive imposter syndrome. Even now, I still feel, you know, hugely inadequate compared to my colleagues. But what, what's the saying? Like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, so. I think reading around the topics, um, getting a real good idea of what Fusion is about, talking to people, um, and then when you start to like feel that there's one particular aspect of Fusion that you really start to like, email people, like professors, students, anybody, because we all love talking about our work. We want people to be engaged. And if you find somebody that you click with on an intellectual, academic, and social level, see where that path leads you. It might lead you here. Well, that would be wonderful, absolutely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>
if you are a curious person, if you like really discovering new things or uh, like deepening the knowledge in some areas of material science, engineering, even chemistry, because it's also related, so just go for it. It's an amazing community, nice people, you will travel all over the world. Be proactive, as you said before, because as master students we are not aware of the opportunities that are there, just waiting there to be grabbed by us. So please, if you like a topic, search about it, search about who is the reference, the researchers, they can care about that topic, because even then, they are searching for young researchers to come up and transfer their knowledge. So if you get in touch with them, they will surely be interested in taking you as a PhD student and transferring their knowledge. And please have patience, a lot of patience, because we are talking about research and it takes time, days, weeks, even months to get the results you would like to see. So have, be proactive and be patient. Yes, please study electrical engineering and power supply systems because we need a lot of electrical engineers actually. So there is a lot of uh, space for electrical engineers in the fusion world because power supply systems actually is one of the biggest challenges in, in, in the fusion world among all the challenges because there are many challenges in fusion. Listen to the people, try to understand what they want you to do and if you think you are able to do it, say yes because you are going to learn, learn a lot and you are going to find what you love or you like the most, which is also okay. And then you can decide which path, path to follow, and that's, I think, really important here, because otherwise, if you're not really interested in what you're doing, it's more difficult to really spend all the hours we have to spend. So I would say, say yes, but make sure that you are really following what you want to do. Be excited, be motivated, and let's create a better world. We are, we are going to, we're going to change the world. <laughs> it's a very optimistic point of view. Come on. It might take a while. <laughs> All right. And so there you have it. Straight from the horse's mouth, let's say, from the fusion students themselves, a bit of the experience of what it's like to do a PhD in this field. I hope you've learned something I definitely have here. And we'll see you next time on the next episode. Bye.